Um, you can pretend to be whoever you want. Heather. <laughs> Thanks. I feel like Philip Adams, whenever he gets on the radio, I'm always a little bit afraid that he's going to die on air. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you? Do you not think oh, that? No, that's a terrible thing to say. I mean, say. it's a terrible thing to say, but it's also like that would be a really terrible experience to hear that happening. Well, I feel like that's a perfect segue for me to ask you how your health is this morning, Heather. Um, my health is not ideal. I don't think that I'm going to be dying on air in the next 20 minutes. Um, well, that's but... a relief because honestly, I'm not good in an emergency and I think I'd have a bit of a panic. Yeah. Um, but certainly, uh, my immune system is feeling pretty compromised and I definitely have a non COVID 19 <laughs> respiratory illness. <laughs> It's really hard. It's very hard. It's extremely hard when you're pregnant and you can't take cold and flu tablets. That is extremely challenging. And it just has made me realize that maybe all the colds that I've had in my life have always been this bad. And I've always just mm. suppressed them with the pseudoephedrine um, oh. that I take every single time. And that I have to always demand from the chemist, like I'm some sort of speed dealer. Do you have that thing where you go in and you're like, can I get some cold and flu tablets? And they try to give you the ones that you know don't work. Well, I think I only ever get the ones that don't work because I never get sick. And so I've only maybe tried I to buy cold and never flu tablets sick. Like I mean, it's twice. great for you, but it's frustrating for the rest of us. Well, I was just saying the other day that I was really jealous of how sick you are because <laughs> I wanted to have the day off work. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, which is yeah a really insensitive thing to say. And I do apologize. No, it's fine. But anyway, um, I'm usually having to demand the cold and flu tablets that actually work, that yeah. have the pseudoephedrine in them, that just like completely dry out your nose, like mm. it's the Nevada desert or something. They're so great. And so I've been really living through and really feeling this one. Um, and it's been quite gross. But I have had to stay home from work. That's lemon and ginger tea, everyone. And honey. And yeah. honey. Yeah. I have had to stay home from work for the entire week because workplaces now are pretty vigilant around don't come in if you have any symptoms at all yeah so it has been sort of nice to stay at home and read some books while you are feeling a bit crap i mean better than being at work and doing some work while feeling a bit crap yeah and like spreading disease it has made me a little bit like it has made me think like obviously i don't have covid because there is none in our territory for now, for even now. though the borders are open as of ye- as of yesterday. Yeah. So the date today is, is 18th, 18th of Saturday, July. 18th of July, yeah. 2020. And we are virtually exactly 24 hours after the mm. Northern Territory borders opened for the first time since the beginning of this pandemic. This pandemic. <laughs> when was it that they closed to everyone? It must have been like April. Mid-March was just when it was all kicking off. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, a number of us were returning from... From uh, Yeah. But obviously not open to Victoria, the pariah state, letting everyone down. Um, and also you yeah. informed me not open to metropolitan Sydney not at this point in time. To... But people are still allowed to transit through the cesspit that is Sydney <laughs> International Airport en route from other places to look, get here. But look... Second wave. Second wave. So, yeah, this is where we're at. We're at second wave. It's it's kind of... I mean... Already. I mean... Already. Was there even... Did the first wave even end? I mean, there's a certain dissonance to the fact that we're probably (laughs) labelling second wave at the exact same moment that we're reopening borders for the first time. There's a real... I think there's like a a real psychological need to kind of push forward and, and kind of go on to the next thing. And yeah. and that really rubs up 
you know, rubs up harshly against the the second wave that's going on. And I think but we have nailed ourselves to that cross. Hey, like that is the borders vibe. being opening. Yeah, yeah, he is like not backing down. Really, hashtag strong leader. Yeah. yeah, for the next five weeks at least. For the next five weeks at least mm. until the election. Yeah. Anyway, we won't speculate. This isn't a political podcast. This isn't a political this is podcast. Apocalypse Live. This is Apocalypse Live. This is a um, second wave special. I'd say that I was Philip Adams, but it's just not true. <laughs> it's really I'm not Alex. true. You were you were just so much younger than him and so much more female as well. And mm. I like to think more good looking, but you know <laughs> That's true. age plays a role in that song. You know gonna... he used to have that column in was it the Australian magazine or something? Like he, he had a column, yeah, I think it was there, and there was a photo of him and I remember the photo of him and I was like, Whoa, he is so, so old when I was looking at that photo. <laughs> like and that photo is ago. probably like thirty years old. Yeah. It's Aww, crazy. Philip. Anyway, yeah, shout out so this... to you, Philip, one of our listeners, I'm sure. <laughs> Dear listener. One of our 71 listeners. One of our dear listeners. <laughs> um, um, so second wave. Okay. No, what are we on. both thinking about it? I think we're having quite different reflections at this point in time, so maybe we can explore those. I don't know. Like, I think we are having quite different mm. reflections. Um, and I do wonder, I was thinking about this uh, while I washed my hands at the sink about 11 minutes ago. That, I mean, I don't know if I'm thinking about it heaps, the second wave. I'm feeling maybe a bit cut off really? from it. and uh, But I'm certainly, I've had lots of, you know, impacts because of it, like, um, you know, impacts at work and um, impacts with, like, family, not being able to visit. Like, my parents were going to be visiting from Melbourne next week and obviously won't be anymore. But there's a part of me that's just, and maybe this is actually a, a part of the reaction to it, but that is just kind of a little bit ignoring it. I'm not sure. Mm. I don't, yeah. I'm not quite sure what that is. I um, feel so weirdly the opposite. Yeah, tell me. Which is strange because, I mean, we have been podcasting about this the whole time, but I have been feeling way more... Like I've started again looking at all the stats and being like, oh, X amount of new cases per day Mm. in this place or this place and being really aware of like when I see that number, like I know what the previous number was from the previous day. So I'm aware of how much it's changed and things like that. And yeah, I don't really know why that is. I wonder if other people are finding that as well. I wondered how long The Guardian could keep up its coronavirus live Live coverage. And ABC. Yeah, it's been going, I mean, for the whole time now, which is usually something that they only reserve for, you know, like they did it during the bushfires and things like that. They're usually quite short term things. But and so for a while, I was just kind of like deleting those emails as soon as they landed in my inbox. But now I'm like opening them up and looking at all Mm. the articles. And so I feel and keeping and being really aware of like the new, all the new kind of like research that's coming out I suppose into the virus which has been really interesting like yeah I think maybe there has been a reinvigoration of actually paying attention to that stuff I'm realizing that maybe I'm less uh apathetic (laughs) than than I I I was kind of speculating just then because I've certainly plugged back in even I sort of noticed like we had a discussion earlier this week about what books we were reading and I kind of haven't been reading books because I've just been reading the news again. Yeah. I realised. I have been reading a book but it's been a medical book. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And perhaps there's also been a bit of interest because 
as we kind of came to the end of the first wave, there has been like kind of a bit of time now to learn a bit about coronavirus mm. itself and like how it works and all those yeah. um, ideas that maybe I had at the start, which were like, well, it would be quite shit to get it, but I can't really see how different it is from having the flu. Like old people die of it, very like young people might die of it. Um, but that's then it. You might mm. get it and you might be quite, quite sick, but then you would be better. But I read this thing recently that said that there was kind of like this longitudinal study done on patients who were admitted to hospital in Sydney, so admitted to care, so were quite sick, yeah. and then uh, recovered and were discharged. And three months on, 80% of them still had symptoms of the virus. Yeah. So still had this like really long-term like health impact, Yeah. Um, which I think is such a – I was just like, oh, surely this is something that you just get. Like I have a cold now and I'm going to get over it and then mm. – um, and then there was another thing that talked about, which came out of, which came out of France, I think, which was talking about how the first cases have been documented of um, babies in utero catching coronavirus from their mother yeah. and being really unwell when they're born. And so there's kind of this, I think a little bit of me is being, and maybe that's just because I was incredibly naive at the start, has been like, oh, this is quite a serious Has refocused thing. back on the reality of, of yeah. this pandemic as an illness, as opposed to, I, I think, yeah. I mean, I'm literally just positing this now, but maybe as opposed to like a, a social impact that you're experiencing mm-hmm. or a cultural, you know, yeah. or the economic impact or the cultural impact. Um, you've kind of reverted back to to this concern about health, yeah. which is, you know, maybe what we didn't think about for a long time. We sort of didn't have to in the Northern Territory because we've been very lucky, but yeah. the borders are open again. The borders and, are open. Um, there were hundreds, apparently, inside a Intel, oh, yes. hundreds of camper vans parked in the scrub just across the South Australian border <laughs> the night before the borders opened, it's just so waiting, waiting to get in, which I thought was really interesting. I was like, it's such Makes a Makes me feel really border. popular. It does. It, Yeah. It does a little bit. It makes I mean, me feel a little not bit under thousands of caravans parked on the NT side of the border, like <laughs> racing to, to get into South Australia. Down to South Australia. Yeah, it's a strange. It, and we were talking about this earlier, and you were positing that maybe these grey nomads who might be aware of their respiratory vulnerabilities yeah. might be thinking if the second wave does really kick off, then maybe the NT is the place, the place to, to be. be. Um, considering we've done so well in the first wave but yeah so there is this yeah it's so weird to me it's like why would you not just stay at Marla or something like that or because life goes on and holidays must be had and Marla's pretty gross sorry to all our listeners in Marla yeah Yeah. you know Mm. I'm just kind of thinking about um the second wave the build up and the moment that it happened and and you know what? and so what would you? you say was the kickoff of the second wave do well you think? look i was just gonna reflect on the fact that i think i had quite a weird experience of the second wave because lucky here in the northern territory i was out hiking for a week oh yes you when the were, second wave right. kind of happened so this is last week or a couple of weeks ago i guess that yeah we were out i was out hiking for five days so without reception and without um obviously the news <gasps> you were living tomorrow when the war yes, began this is what i was gonna say that's what you were doing and we were kind of joking while we were hiking we were like no way is the world gonna be different when we come out yes. we're like there's been a pandemic on maybe we'll like do this tomorrow when the war began thanks john marston and finish our hike and come back out into the public and the world you know something dramatic will have happened and look the new cases had started 
um, had, had definitely been picking up in Melbourne when we'd left. So it wasn't, you know, complete shock. But all the borders were kind of closing, um, like the hotspots being declared. You know, yeah, as we yeah, came out, yeah. we were like, oh, my gosh, Melbourne's just like totally kicked off while we we're away. So that all happened while we were out of range. It was really crazy. Mm, yeah, right. OK. And I think that's probably like, yeah, I think that is a good point to kind of pinpoint it for at least for us in the Northern Territory and probably for Victoria as well, is that everybody was starting to look at opening borders not uwa shout out to you guys staying strong over there but yeah there was a sense that we were moving towards this scenario where we would kind of be resuming that sort of travel and freedom of movement and that that has now slowly being cut off and i feel like it's probably been quite a while now with victoria and And now new south wales yeah and and it sort of took a while for it and yeah it did ease into it and then it kind of like clamped down because i think there was and still is a level of reluctance to take a step backwards, um, mm. you know, towards larger restrictions again. So the borders have stayed open. And so, for example, with the um, hike that we did when I left for that hike, my parents were oh, yes. were coming up for a holiday. Encouraging you to buy a new car. <laughs> Encouraging me to buy a new car so that they could drive it up um, from Melbourne to Alice Springs. And by the time I finished that hike their flights had been cancelled and they went they were unable to leave Melbourne so mm. you know and, and in lockdown. So that kind of all happened while I wasn't looking, which is a really strange feeling. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're so lucky here at this stage we are not in lockdown in Melbourne and, and that must be really hard and you know, having lots of compassion for everyone in Melbourne yeah. and, you know, I have lots of family and friends down there. But I think, you know, the general feeling is that even on my end, which is like a very, you know, I'm experiencing the impacts of what's happening in Melbourne in a very removed way, but still experiencing them, my uh, tolerance and patience and, and sort of like resilience perhaps for some of the changes I'm having to make at work and just feeling pretty exhausted by them is definitely a lot lower than the first time around. Mm. And I feel just pretty like slogged by by this and and i think i feel like that perhaps is a pretty um general feeling as well yeah it yeah i feel like it is i feel like there is now a sense of like and we've talked a bit a bit before about this idea of it being like a sprint a marathon not a sprint Mm. and now it just kind of feels like it's not even a marathon because it's actually just like no end maybe it's like a five-day hike not a marathon (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's interesting to think about how people are responding. Why to is that it different idea. this time around? Well, Why do you think it's different? Because I, it is. Well, I suppose I had thought that it would be like any kind of difficult time or disaster where the thing happens and it's really hard and we respond in whatever way we need to respond at the time and then it kind of we get through it and it sort of goes away. So it follows this kind of like thing that is predictable to us in how we deal with hard times like whether that's like in our own lives or like as a society like or whatever and then we kind of move on from it and obviously there's some people who will never move on from it because they've lost people or their lives have been impacted ongoing but generally as a whole we just that time is behind us now and we're back to normal and I think now people are starting to like I think that idea of the new normal as one of those really annoying catchphrases that's come out of this time I think now people are actually starting to think, oh, there might actually be a new normal that is really, really different. So, for yeah. example, my sister 
who is currently with my parents in Ballarat. She was supposed to come up and visit as well. Um, and now she's not going to be able to come. She usually lives in Berlin and she came back when it all kicked off internationally and everybody was highly anxious about what that would mean about closed borders and everybody was just highly anxious in general and we all just wanted her to be back in Australia and staying close to us and now she's like well I'm probably just going to go back overseas now even though this hasn't ended we had this impression that she would stay here and kind of weather the storm and then go back when everything was normal and safe and now I think she's like well this is That's, just the world now. This is just the world now and my life is overseas, so I'm probably just going to go back and just manage it over there because yeah. there's no real reason for me to be here now because this is just a changed way of kind of living. Yeah. And um, at first it seemed like she could come here and sit it out and wait for things to return to normal. It's a thing you yeah. could wait to finish. And now yeah. there's a bit of a realisation, well, it's not going to finish. You just have to work out work out the way that you're going to live with it and work out where that's going to be and you know it kind of weirdly reminds me a lot of a conversation I had with a friend um when Clancy my 14 month old son was very very young and I was having a really really hard time adjusting to being a mother and having a baby and all that and I said to one of my friends like when is this part gonna end (laughs) and she said to me like never, like it never ends. <laughs> and she said that when she had her kids, she kept on thinking, she kept on just waiting for life to go back to normal. And then it took so long to realize that that was never going to happen. Yeah. And so it's sort of like, yeah. Well, and that's what an apocalypse is, right? <laughs> it is. It yeah. is. I mean, that is like we are now living in the post-apocalyptic yeah. vibe. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it feels, um, yeah, it does feel different in that way. Do you feel like this apocalypse, um, now we're looking at a second wave, so I just feel like we're living in this reality of this this post-apocalyptic world that is different to our pre-apocalyptic world. If this post-apocalyptic world has made anything different available to you, like has, has made anything possible to you that wasn't possible before? Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think in so many ways... It's really, I find it increasingly hard to think about this. I think in recent times, the US is just, I mean, what the fuck? Like that place yeah. is just on some sort of like decline into yeah. hell. It's it's so intense. And I have a few friends who live over there and I've been thinking of them recently around having, what did you say it was? Like 60,000 new cases a day or something like that? I think two days ago it was a 77,000 in 24 hours. I mean, that's just, you can't even really comprehend that, can you? Like you can't even really comprehend what that would actually mean and actually look like. And so I suppose I just want to, whenever I talk about the things that have been made possible now, I kind of want to think about those things and people's realities there but I think what has been made possible and I think other people have referenced this as well like I know um like I know people have been thinking deeply about this stuff but I think it has just exposed how fragile some of our ways of living are and Mm -hmm. I think it's obviously really exposed in the U.S. how fragile the safety net of all kinds is under all their citizens Mm. um what it means to slowly erode and eat away the systems that care for people and then what that looks like when shit hits the fan. Yeah. And so I think in some ways it has been like this real 
gift that things have been really stripped away Mm. and exposed for what they are. And I think in Australia, the ways that that's been exposed is stuff around like raising the rate of new start. Like, oh, actually, when we have lots of people who don't have work, people need this amount of money to survive. Mm. Um, So I think in some ways it's been kind of this invitation to reimagine, which is what apocalypses always do. Yeah. Reimagine new systems that might work better, um, that we've never been forced to really forced to confront before because it's only been people on the margins who have really suffered mm. people who don't have voices but now that everybody is um Has had this equal status before the virus yeah yeah so i think to me i have felt quite invigorated and hopeful around that mm. i think that's a real gift it seems like a a foot in the door somehow to kind mm. of like remake things yeah. in ways that might be kinder and more um better <laughs> for want of a better word has anything like in your personal world or your personal choices or choices that have impacted you been better or like like have you have you oh, look, experienced uh, the possibility of more kindness in your own choices because of this just out of you curiosity know, I do think having been struck down with the non-covid non-covid illness that I have now um I think it has made me realize like mate maybe you just got to take responsibility for not infecting other people with shit, even if it's not coronavirus. Like maybe um, I've been aware that, yeah, like I've been forced to take a week off work. And so it's made me reimagine and think about how we're kind to ourselves when we're unwell generally. This thing, this idea of like not soldiering on and this idea of like taking responsibility and not to make other people Mm. sick. Even if it's not coronavirus, it's a bit shit to be sick anyway. Yeah. And so, um, so that's been different. Um, but I think it's it's also difficult because we are up here so removed from that really the really pointy end of the stick. I think a lot of these things are kind of abstract thought experiments in a lot of ways, which is really nice because I love abstract thought experiments, mm. but they haven't necessarily um, been brought home. But it has made me think a lot about the privilege of movement and the freedom of movement and it's made me think a lot about the place of non Aranda and non-First Nations people in Alice Springs and how much we rely on being able to get out of Alice and have people come mm. to see us. And so our relationship with the place here and what that's like, this not really being our country and our home. And when that freedom of movement is taken away from us, what that's what our lives become like here, how mm. different they become. And I guess it's made me think about if everything eases and we're able to travel as much as we have been before at some stage in the future, how much do I need to travel? Like how much Mm. impact do I need to have on? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, So it's just, I mean, it's just a lot of fucking navel gazing, which is always really nice. Yeah. Um, There's so much time for it at the minute. There's so much time. Yeah. Well, no, maybe there's a bit less time. Speaking Um, of time. We're getting to time. Yeah. But what about you? What's been, look, in 25 words or less. In 25 words or less, I am not really sure. <laughs> I You had a holiday in the Territory where there were no non-territories. I did. I had a holiday, I know, which was really strange. And I mean, you know, kind of obviously that's, that's still travelling quite far away from here because I got in the car and drove um, over a 1,000 kilometres north and went to beautiful tropical top-end waterfalls and swimming holes and, and did hiking up there, which is not close to here, but is much closer than I would usually yeah. um, travel 
when when I have time off work. So there was this opportunity, this possibility for kind of going, well, I'll I'll spend time, invest time in this place um, and this state. And it was really interesting being on the road with only Territorians, especially like on the Stuart Highway that is so, um, you know, I, I feel like its identity is about being this, you know, or like... In tourism terms, it gets thought of as being this kind of boomer town of, of grey nomads in caravans. And, and, of course, none of that demographic was around from interstate anyway. It was just Territorians and families on holidays when you went to kind mm. of like really touristy, weird places like the Daily Waters pub. Um, and it wasn't kind of full of boomers singing along to like a funny slice of heaven <laughs> slice of heaven you know country <laughs> yeah singer it was just sort of like going to the pub and it was like oh it's a bit weird yeah but it was nice and and you know there was something nice about spending time in a place with people who you're usually kind of close to as well but mm. usually kind of geographically close to so look that was yeah that's that was definitely a new possibility and look the other thing that I've been thinking about a little bit and, you know, I said this to you slightly before, you know, I've been speculating as to whether my own thoughts about like, oh, what do I want to do with like different elements of my life, like work or things like that and and trying to and maybe reassessing some of those things. And I've wondered me reassessing those things now, is that just like coincidental timing or Mm. how much of that is because of um, having been forced to reassess and have the status quo disrupted Um, and then that being a catalyst for rethinking you know my own status quo Mm. Um, and you know I'm not sure but I think it definitely has had an impact for me around having a bit of space um, or being forced kind of unwillingly to to look at some of the shapes and choices in my own life and and where I want to go with those and what I want to do with those so you know I mean, that's all pretty cliche, but... <laughs> but, you know, cliche for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It is the time. Cliche so, for a reason. Could that be the... I don't know, maybe that be my, <laughs> that's going to be the name of my... Um, memoir. My, yeah, my, no, my memoir. No, my, my line of um, greeting cards. <laughs> <laughs> um, so watch this space. And watch out, Philip Adams, because maybe you're coming for his job. I've been Alex. I've been Heather. This has been Apocalypse Live, just having a little bit of a reflect on the second wave. Mm. And maybe we'll be in it for the long haul now. Do you remember a while ago I was like, oh, maybe this is going to be over before we've really found out Groove as podcasters. (laughs) (laughs) It turns out, look, one of the things that I was, um, I think has been like the classic joke that everyone's been making, First Dog on the Moon had a funny cartoon about it in The Guardian. Lots of people have been making good jokes about like, how not to do any self-improvement or kind of like yeah. growth activities during the second lockdown for those who Sorry, are having to go guys. into second lockdown. And I did think, well, like, you know, soz, but, soz, but we're I guess we're not us. in lockdown. So we've got an excuse <laughs> to continue with our uh, self-improvement um, infliction of yeah. a podcast in the world. <laughs> so um, next week, tune in for a top 10 life hacks <laughs> on how to drink a cup of tea while on air and not, annoy all your sound producer mates yeah but this cup of tea had no tea bag that i could put in it so uh, it you can't perfect. complain about it it was so good it was yeah, really what okay. i needed I yeah i really good about that i wasn't sure if you'd like it or not <laughs> <laughs> all right we're signing off okay goodbye bye